0: My dad is the most incredible prankster I have ever met in my life. Like, he's unbelievable. I'm very slow to mess with him when it comes to pranking because his retribution will be swift. He's incredible. Some of the best pranks he's pulled off are actually at a camp upstate that we used to go to. And he got into a prank battle with one of the volunteers or one of the workers at the camp. And one day my dad walked out of his cabin and like, I don't know, they had taken like the tires off his car or something like that. Child's play. I'm telling you right now, my dad, some... Somehow got into this guy's truck, okay, and he took a tube and ran it from the place where the windshield wiper fluid comes out and is released. He ran it back into the cab of the truck and taped it to the underside of the, the uh, steering wheel. Now, you're thinking that, oh, so funny, the next time guy, the guy turned the windshield wiper fluid on, it sprayed the guy in the car. No, 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 no. My dad somehow wired it to the horn So whenever the guy hit the horn, he got sprayed with windshield wiper fluid. Incredible. I don't know who pulls this stuff off. If you're not impressed by that, you need to find another church. Um, Another amazing thing that my dad once did at the same camp, he got into a, a prank battle with one of his leaders from his church, and he and a buddy drove down to a local farm where they sold goats, and they convinced the farmer to let them rent a goat. And so when this youth leader returned to their cabin for their night, there was a goat in her cabin. Can you believe this? Like, talk about the goat, the greatest of all time. My dad has pulled off some incredible victories, incredible prank battles and incredible victories. And my job last week and today is to help you guys and remind you guys that there is a battle that we are in, but there is also a victory that we can walk in and enjoy. And the problem is some of us don't take the battle seriously. And we talked about that last week a lot, right? And you're going, well, what battle are you talking about? I'm talking about this spiritual battle that we're in, that the devil is is real. And, and there's this thing going on all around us that we somehow often don't take seriously. Some of us don't believe in it at all. And maybe you're watching online or you're here with us today and you're like, yeah, I don't know about this devil stuff. And, and, and here's what, last week I spent a lot of time talking about that, but it's worth just touching on it again real quick. And last week I just brought up the fact that sometimes people do things that are so evil, like a person could not have just come up with it. You know, I brought up the child sex trade last week. I don't think a person just decides to do that I think there's something behind that and so I don't know about you but there are times in my life I look at something and I'm just like that was not just a person being evil. There is a devil behind that. And so I believe the devil's real. But the other problem that we addressed last week is that many of us do believe in this battle, but we don't pay all that much attention to it. And we kind of don't take it seriously. You know, it's almost like we go, ah, the devil, yeah, maybe he's real, but he's kind of like this cute thing. You guys remember I brought my dog out last week. He's just almost like this cute puppy. And yeah, I guess if he bit you or clawed at you, it hurt a little. But no, we saw last week in the, scripture that the devil is prowling around like a lion trying to devour you and I he's trying to devour our faith and our children and our marriage and our purity and our potential and our witness he's trying to destroy all that now the deal is this we're not going to glorify the devil here this series is not to get you all afraid I said last week alert not afraid right I want you to be alert not afraid I want to glorify Jesus right The battle is real, but we saw last week, the battle is real, but the victory is yours in Jesus. And so we're going to talk about that again today. And I just want to remind you that this victory Jesus has won is so big and great that it's not even a competition. Like some of us are like, oh man, Satan and God are in this battle and I hope God pulls it off. I just want to remind you today what an amazing victory we live in and walk in. Colossians 2.13, I want to read this with you, okay? And I want to take a second open up your Bible app and and get Colossians 2 out or get your Bible on your lap if you're sitting at home I want you to open up Colossians chapter 2 and I want you to just see something and this is not the main passage for today but I need you to see how huge the victory of Jesus is over the enemy here's what it says in verse 13 when you are dead in your sins if you're not a follower of Jesus listen to this first part When you were dead in your sins, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. If you're here today and you're saying, I don't know about Jesus. What does he have to offer me? His heart is to forgive you of all of your sin and make you new. And then it goes on, I love this, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. And so all the things we'd ever done wrong were like this condemnation that was poured against us and Jesus broke the power of that. Listen to this, he's taking it away, nailing it to the cross. And you ready for this part? This is the clincher. And having disarmed the powers And authorities, that's the spiritual battle we're in, the spiritual power and authorities, the devil, the demons. Listen, he made a public spectacle of them. Have you ever felt like you've been made a spectacle of? Like you've been basically mocked and humiliated and maybe even publicly? That's what Paul is saying here. Jesus did that. Like this isn't a close battle. No, Jesus literally made a public spectacle of the enemy and it says triumphing over them by the cross. So guys, that is the power that Jesus has over the enemy in our lives. So we're not here to to glorify the devil. We're here to glorify Jesus' power and authority over the devil and the victory that you and I can walk in. So we're gonna today really get specific on what it looks like to walk in that victory. And so I want you guys to leave here with like almost practical tools, like weapons in your hands. Ever been watching a movie and, and there's these two, you know, these, the bad guy, the good guy, right? And, and they have weapons in their hands. You know, they got handguns and they're firing back and forth at each other. And then at some point, you know how, when eventually one of the two guys like pulls out a missile launcher and it's kind of like game over. So what I want to do is, I want to remind you what some of those handguns are almost, some of those small weapons are. They're very practical and helpful. But then I want us to pull out a couple missile launchers and look at some heavy artillery that you and I can grab hold of in this battle that we're walking in here today. If you're not a follower of Jesus... I just wanna let you know, you might be skeptical here and I wanna let you know it's okay and we're here to talk with you, we're here to help you through that and discuss that with you. But at the end of the day, I hope you leave here not just going, I believe the devil's real, I hope you leave here going, wow, there's a savior. Like Jesus made a public spectacle of all power and authority and he forgave my sin and he canceled my debt. Like that's what I hope you leave here talking about and thinking about today. And so a soldier, right, they have to know that they have a weapon, but they also have to use it, right? Some of you here today watching online, maybe are saying, oh, you know what? I bet I could tell you some of the weapons Doug's going to bring up today. You know, I don't even know if I need to listen to the rest of the message, okay? Well, it's great you might know what weapon to use, but my question is, do you use it, right? Like, it's one thing to know what to do. It's one thing for a soldier to have a gun, but what good is it if he doesn't point, aim, and shoot, Right? And so it's not just about what you know, it's about what you do with what you know. And so maybe my role for you today is, yes, I wanna teach you something new today, but even more than that, inspire you to use what you have so that you can walk in victory. And I said last week, this is so important because whatever you've lost to the devil is too much. Whether you've lost little to this point in your life or much, whatever you've lost is too much because Jesus wants us walking in victory. So we're going to hear from James today. And James is a brother of Jesus. If you were here two weeks ago, Anthony did a great job introducing us to who James is. And if you remember, James was skeptical, didn't believe in Jesus, and then Jesus rose back from the dead and James said, okay, I'm in. And James says this in James chapter four, verse six, it says, he says, but he gives us more grace. This is why scripture says God opposes the proud and gives grace or favor to the humble. Can I ask you a question? If you were here last week, does that verse sound familiar? Isn't it interesting that Peter said the exact same thing last week? Like the exact same verse, he paraphrased from Proverbs 34. God opposed the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Isn't it interesting that in these portions of Scripture where we talk about this battle we're in with the devil, both James and Peter bring up the importance of humility, humbling ourselves before God. You see, we saw last week the devil is more powerful than me, Douglas Bruce Jansen, right? But the devil is not more powerful than God, and he's not more powerful than God, the Holy Spirit in me and in you. And so he starts back at humility, this humble reliance. If we're gonna get anywhere in the battle against the enemy, there's gotta be this humble reliance in our hearts. Then he says this, he takes the humility even a step further. He says in verse seven, submit yourselves then to God. Think about that, submit yourselves to God. If God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble, as we're in this battle then, man, I need the grace of God all over me in this battle, right? So I gotta submit myself. The Greek word is hupotasso. I gotta hupotasso myself or submit or surrender myself to God if I'm gonna get anywhere in the battle. What does it mean to submit myself to God? Well, again, it's humility, which we just talked about, but even more than that, I want you to think about submitting your life and plans to God. Like some of you guys are gonna go to work tomorrow, you gotta submit your plans to your boss, right you're coming under their authority you're coming under their power and their their ability to direct and lead you right and i gotta say something and it might sound tough at first but it's the truth i think we often lose the battle because we're more surrendered to the enemy's plans than god's plans like we're more synced up with the enemy's plans sometimes than god's plans no wonder we don't walk in in victory right like, if I were, again, a U.S. soldier, and I went to war, and I somehow got captured, and when I was captured, the officers from the opposing army said, here's our plans to destroy your country, and here's how we want you to help us. Now, if I surrender myself to that plan, I'm not going to win the victory I was initially set out to win, right? I'm going to, suddenly now I'm like, oh man, which side am I on? Who am I working for? And I got to say, I think sometimes as Christians, we, we forget and we start to think, wait, whose side am I on? And sometimes we're losing the battle against the enemy because we're kind of synced up with him. So we've got to submit ourselves to God and then we'll see some change. What does it mean? Well, I think submitting ourselves to God means closing some doors to the enemy. So we got to delete the cell phone number in our phone if we call it and it leads to bad places, right? I'm going to submit that to you, God. Take it. I don't want to go there anymore. I don't want to do that anymore, right? We've got to submit the entertainment that we watch and enjoy to God and say, you know what, this takes me to really dark places, God. I'm not okay with it. I'm gonna submit that to you. Maybe it's unfollowing the account that entices us and draws us in. Uh, certainly, I'm not gonna sync up with the enemy by talking to mediums or psychics or fortune tellers. That just opens a door, right? Think about this. Loving somebody who doesn't deserve it. That's submitting yourself yourself. To God's heart forgiving somebody who doesn't deserve it that's submitting yourself to God's heart and as we do this guys suddenly we're going to see more victory because if we don't submit ourselves to God then we're going to keep on giving the enemy an opportunity to take us out a few weeks ago, my nieces and nephews from Chicago were here. And when my niece was here, it was her birthday. And so the kids all stayed with us. I had four extra kids at my house two weeks ago. It was awesome. We had a blast. And as my wife woke up, she made this incredible breakfast for my niece, Liv. It was everything, made bacon and pancakes and cinnamon buns and the whole deal, right? And as we're eating, we're cleaning up, and we take the, the pan that the bacon had been made in, And we put it in the garbage bag, took the garbage out of the little holder in the kitchen, and I hung it up on a doorknob so I could take it to the garage later, right? I just kind of left it, went about my business, doing stuff. I opened the door to the basement, and I almost went flying down. I actually did go flying. I hit one wall, fell down a few steps, hit another wall. You guys almost needed a new pastor. But thankfully, eventually, I caught myself. Now, what happened? Well, the grease from the bacon ate through the bottom of the bag, and it ended up at the top of the stairs and it took me out, right? I'm telling you right now, when you and I think about this battle we're in and we go, you know what, I'm just going to kind of allow compromise to remain in my life. I'm going to just allow that. It's kind of like having the bacon grease at the top of the stairs of our life and it can take us out at any minute. And so we've got to surrender to God. We've got to sync up our lives with God's plans. We're not going to get this perfect, but that's why there's grace, right? Right? And so we surrender, we submit, and then it says this, resist the devil. And we saw this last week, right? We saw that it's both possible and necessary to resist the devil. We could and we should resist the devil, right? But how do we do it? Well, I've shown you a couple of weapons already, right? I kind of showed you a few handguns, so to speak, or some small weaponry. I showed you submitting yourself to God. I showed you delete the cell number. I showed you love the unlovable, right? But now let's pull out the heavy artillery. Let's pull out the missile launcher, so to speak, in this battle that we're in. The first one is the word of God and the second one is prayer. And this is where some of you might go, see, I knew he was gonna bring this up. Great, I'm so glad you know that the word of God and prayer are powerful weapons in this fight. My question for you is, are you using them? I don't really care if we know about them if we're not using them. And so today, maybe part of my job is to motivate you to use the word of God and, the, and prayer as we fight and we battle. So let's talk about the word of God first, the first kind of missile launcher in this battle that we're in. You guys remember the story when Jesus was tempted right? He goes into the desert for 40 days. He fasts and he prays everybody for 40 days. Remember we just did like six days a few weeks ago and it felt like eternity? Can you imagine fasting for 40 days? So there is Jesus. And the Bible tells us something mind-blowing. It tells us after that that Jesus was hungry. I know you never saw that coming. But the devil says this is an opportune time to try to tempt Jesus. And at this time he comes and he brings these powerful palpable temptations to Jesus and do you know what Jesus did he picked up an axe and he chopped the hen- enemy's head off just like th- uh, Thor did to Thanos no that's not what he did right no 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 he just flexed and Satan imploded right no that's not what he did he came up with this beautiful uh linguistic argument against the enemy right like he just kind of spun it and Satan didn't even know it hit him right like he used that kind of wisdom no that's not what he did you guys know what Jesus did right He spoke back God's word. That's what Jesus, the son of God, creator of all things, he spoke back the word of God. You can read the whole account in Matthew chapter four. Three times Satan comes with a a powerful temptation and every single time Jesus quotes the word of God. He knew the word of God was more powerful than an ax flexing or an argument. He knew that the word of God would shut the battle down. Why? Because the scripture is the truth. And Satan is the father of lies. And so he sows lies into your life and my life. This is going to really satisfy you, right? This is going to now overwhelm your life. He's speaking lies. This fear, you're never going to be free of it. This depression, you're never going to be free of it. I'm going to steal this from you. I'm going to steal that from you. He lies, he lies, he lies, he lies. And it has power when you and I buy it. And that's why the word of God is vital for you and me in this battle. Because Satan can't go anywhere with the truth. Have you ever caught somebody in a lie? And they're spinning this whole web and then suddenly you bring up the truth and they're just like, they got nowhere to go. They have nothing to say anymore because the truth shuts it down. And the same is true true in the battle. And so Jesus, who probably would have known, well, definitely would have known as a young boy the scriptures that he quoted. I mean, I know he's Jesus, so he like wrote the scriptures. He is the word. It's like this whole kind of advantage he has, we don't have. But at the end of the day, he modeled for you and me these scriptures from the Pentateuch, and he spoke them out, and they shut down the attack. Listen, I'm so thankful that when the enemy came, Satan had... This opportunity against Jesus, Jesus didn't go, oh, hold, hold on a minute, I gotta try to remember that verse that I learned from when I was a kid. I gotta, let me just run into the, into the city, I'm gonna go to the temple, I'm gonna find a scroll, and I'm gonna look in the Pentateuch and find that verse I'm supposed to say right now. No, he had it in his heart all along, Right? This is why it's so vital for you and me to have some of the words of God stored up in our heart so we're ready in the moment. Let me ask you a question. Like what scriptures do you have ready in your heart? Just to speak out. You know, one of the things I have said since last week, probably a hundred times this past week, I've quoted what what was said in Genesis chapter three, I share with you guys. When God says to Satan, you'll strike his heel, but he'll crush your head. I've said that about a hundred times this past week, probably at least. As I've just been going through my day, and I've been praying for my kids, praying for my wife, praying for you, praying for my own relationship with God, and I've been just battling this or battling that. I just speak it out. You swipe at his heel, but he crushed your head. Right? That's just speaking out the word of God and the truth of God in a moment where I was otherwise vulnerable, and we so badly needed God to give me the victory. What verses do you kind of have stored up in your heart? You need that heavy piece of artillery to bring it out. Second thing, prayer. Prayer, that's the second heavy piece of artillery. Guys, we gotta be battling in prayer because it's so powerful. There's a story in the scriptures where the disciples are trying to help a child who was demon possessed and they couldn't do anything about it. And so Jesus talked to them about their lack of faith, but then they even went back and said, why couldn't we help this child? And he said this in Mark 9:29. This, can, this kind can only come out by prayer. Can only come out by prayer. We've got to battle in prayer, guys, for our relationship with God in this spiritual battle. One of the heavy artilleries we've been given is the ability to go to God Almighty and tell him, this is where I need you, God. This is where I'm in trouble. This is where I need help here. And so we open up our mouth in prayer and we battle for our own relationship with God. God, I'm feeling oppressed right now. Help me. Give me the victory. God, I'm going to pray for my spouse. And I'm not just going to pray, right, some kind of prayer that's self-serving. Like, I'm not telling you to pray that your wife won't be annoying or that your husband won't be such an idiot. Like, no, pray for your spouse that they will know Jesus, that they will be like him. Uh, You're like sitting here going, well, I'm single, Doug. I don't have a spouse. I was praying for my wife before I met her. Pray for your spouse, whether you know him or not. Pray for your kids. The enemy's out to steal, kill, and destroy our kids, right? Pray for your kids. But, Doug, I don't have any kids yet. That's all right. Kelly and I were praying for our kids years before we ever had kids. We were praying for their spouses. We've been praying for our grandkids for years and years and years. And you know what? You just, if you don't know the name, just go with junior or number one or whatever you want to call them. But, man, pray for your kids that they will know Jesus, that they'll be protected from temptation that they'll walk with him and that they'll have victory in their own life. We gotta be praying for friends that don't know Jesus. We gotta be praying for others that we see in the midst of the battle. I'm guessing some of you sitting in the cars right now are thinking of somebody in your life that's in the middle of the battle of their life. And we've gotta be praying for them, pulling out that heavy artillery saying, oh God, help them. And so what will happen when we resist the devil with the word of God and prayer, look at what it says next, and he will flee from you. He's gonna run from you and run from me. I was at a camp once upstate, and as I was sitting by a fire at night, a skunk meandered out. Let's just say I didn't stick around to get his name. Like, I took off. I fled. You got that picture in your mind? Many of you guys have pets, right? You know this. You know what happens when, A cat or a dog standing there and and something heavy or loud drops next to it. Can you imagine the dog or cat, like the cat like leaps away, the dog like takes off out the room? Like that's the image we should have in our head of what Satan does when you and I resist him by submitting ourselves to God and using the word of God and prayer. Now as beautiful as that image of Satan fleeing is, it's not the last image I want you to have today. Because we're not here to glorify the devil, we're here to glorify God, right? And look at what it says in the next part, James 4, 8. Come near to God and he will come near to you. That's the last image I want you to walk away with today. Think about it, what victory. You coming close to God, God coming close to you, Satan has fled, you've submitted yourself to God, you've used the heavy artillery of the word of God and prayer and now you're walking close To God. That's the image I want you thinking about. That is the credit roll on the story of the battle of your life and my life against the enemy. Enemy has fled. I'm come close to God. He's coming close to me. And so the victory is real. The battle is real, but the victory is real too. And so what does this look like? What do I want you to take with you today? Most importantly, here it is God's word and prayer lead us to victory. God's word and prayer lead us to victory. Submitting ourselves to Him is huge. Surrendering up with His plan is huge. But at the end of the day, the heavy artillery, the stuff that's going to shut the battle down, are going to be those two things. And so, will you humble yourself today? Will you submit to God? Will you delete the cell number, unfollow the account, love the unlovable, forgive the unforgivable? But then, will you then pick up that heavy artillery of the word of God and speak it out? Get a few verses in your heart. Do you battle fear? Then it's time to get a couple of verses in your heart. Second Timothy 1.7, get it in your heart and speak it out when you're afraid. Do you battle condemnation? It's time to get Romans 8.37 in your heart, Right? more than conquerors through him who loved us. Or Romans 8.1, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, right? Do you battle some kind of temptation? It's time to get into 2 Corinthians 10 and remember that no temptation has come against you except what's common, but there's always a way out. God gives us a way out, right? We've got to use it. Guys, if Jesus used it and he knew how powerful it was, then you and I had better be using it as well. And then, man, we approach God in prayer, prayer that is going to make an impact and I know a lot of us think I'm just me though like I'm not Doug guys can I tell you there's nothing special about my prayers your prayers are just as powerful there's a guy named Elijah in the in the scriptures and he was a prophet and the scripture says he was just like us but he prayed it would rain and it rained and it, he prayed it wouldn't rain and it didn't rain and this whole thing and then it says that his prayers were powerful and effective just like you and just like me And so your prayers will be powerful and effective as well. Guys, I'm telling you, I have seen the dynamic in a room transformed when prayer and the word of God are introduced. I've seen oppression break. I've seen depression break. I've seen fear break. I have seen some wild stuff. I've seen possession dealt with. I've seen the enemy defeated in the name of Jesus. And when the word of God is declared and there's nothing special about me. You can walk in the same type of power and victory and authority, not you in and of yourself. Remember, the enemy is afraid of the word of God and the power of prayer. He's nothing compared to God, the Holy Spirit in you. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I hope today you are hearing about this powerful, wonderful God, this Savior who came to rescue you and me. He wants you to know him. He wants you to walk with him. He wants you to be free and forgiven and loved. And he, at the end of the day, wants you to walk in victory. And I'm going to give you a chance to pray with me right now if you'd like to put your trust in him, whether you're watching online or here with us today. I'd love for you to pray with me now. But if you're a follower of Jesus, come on. God's word and prayer lead us. To victory. Let's not know it, let's use it. Let's pray together. So God, we thank you so much for your power and authority. God, we are nothing apart from you. God, we are so desperate for you. And we just humble ourselves right here and now. And we are alert, not afraid. We recognize this is real and this is heavy, but you're bigger. That you made a public spectacle of powers and authorities. And I thank you, God, that you've told us to use the word of God and prayer to see breakthrough. And so I pray we'll experience that, God. If you're a follower of Jesus, I want you to really go to him now with those two pieces of heavy artillery and say, God, help me to love and use your word. And God, help me to be a powerful prayer. If you are not a follower of Jesus and you wanna put your trust in him, would you pray with me now? You could just say something like this. Jesus, thank you so much for dying for me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for making a public spectacle of the enemy. And I pray that now you'll show me what it is to be yours, loved by you, forgiven by you, embraced by you. And I pray you'll help me submit to you, God. Thank you so much for the victory I have in you. In your name, amen.